0: Greetings 501st Cast listeners, welcome to 501st Cast Classics, where we re-release episodes from way back in the early years of our podcast. We hope you enjoy this little trip down memory lane.
1: We found the computer outlet,
2: sir. Plug in, you should be able to
3: interpret the entire Imperial network.
1: You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Weekend the world's definitive Imperial Costuming Organization. You are tuned in to the latest news and mission reports from the front lines as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate ten years of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work.
0: Welcome once again to the official podcast of the Fighting 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. You are tuned in to episode 8 for Wednesday, February 6th, 2008. And aside from the usual 501st news, mission reports, and upcoming events, we also have an exclusive interview with Star Wars artist and 501st honorary member Matt Bush. Rumors of the 501st in the new Clone Wars animated series, Fat Tuesday with a Wookiee, and more, more, more. So let's get right to it. I am your host, Dean, TK899,
2: I am Blore, TK7883.
4: And this is Nikki, DZ8397.
2: And at this date and time, the
0: 501st Legion is at 3,877 members with a total of 5,619 costumes. And thanks to a recent report from our Legion membership officer, Thomas, DZ1876, we know that 2,060 of these 3,877 members are new to the Legion since November 2005. So we've had quite a spike in membership uh, in the last two years, but in particular the uh, the past year alone. So fantastic. We welcome all the new members, and we really look forward to getting... More people on board as we move forward. 2008 is really looking like a great year with a bunch of new Star Wars stuff coming out with the Force Unleashed and the TV series and the animated series. Um, It's just going to be great. Nikki, what can you tell us about the 501st Cast MySpace page?
4: Well, we always like to remind folks that we're on MySpace at myspace.com slash 501st Cast. Make sure to uh, make us a friend and also, of course, you can find our show notes at 501st.com slash podcast. We are currently at 313 friends.
0: And as you're going to find out in a little news, being a friend on our MySpace page actually pays. So let's move right along to recent news. Well, we know that our last full-length episode was a bit shorter than usual. So we've made it up to our listeners with a new minicast game show called Stump the Trooper. Perhaps you heard it if you are a subscriber to this podcast feed. Well, here's how it works. 501st members are asked three multiple choice questions about a Legion related topic. Two out of three correct answers wins a prize for one of our listeners selected randomly from our 501st cast MySpace friends list. It's fun and it's educational but it can also be humiliating. Any of our 501st members interested in being a contestant should post on our internal forums, while our listeners only need to be added to our friends list at myspace.com slash 501stcast. If you still can't figure out how Stump the Trooper works, just check out the first episode at 501st.com slash podcast. And we do want to congratulate my space friend, Scott, in Boynton Beach, Florida, who was our first winner, thanks to 501st contestant, Jacques, TK9966, of the Florida Garrison. Did you guys get to check out the Stumper shoot? Well, you guys you guys were part of the recording. What did you think of yes, the new yeah. game show? I liked I had it, had it. It was fun. Had fun? Yeah, I mean, it's, it really is meant to be sort of educational. I know and it might be a little bit of a... Uh, not a sore, sore spot but it 's it 's designed for five hundred first members, but at the same time, like i said it you know they 're playing not for themselves when they win the contest it 's winning something for one of the listeners for one of the fans so but it is interesting because, as you probably know, uh, a lot of people follow the the exploits of the 501st and and do a lot of reading and research on it as they're building their costumes before they actually become a member so i guess i kind of figure somebody can listen to stump the trooper they're learning about our 501st charter they're learning things about costume designations they're learning history of the 501st and then finally when they join well that they can actually uh be a contestant on the show rather than just a prize-winning listener
4: we hope to do some more
0: of these in the future
4: yeah, we already got some feedback that uh, 501st members liked being able to hear the what other members' voices sounds like that they, they've never met before.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that's it's a lot easier for us to do because they only run about maybe seven or ten minutes for a show versus something like this, like a full-length podcast, which might you know might actually go over an hour a, at times. So it's a lot easier for us to put together. Plus, it breaks it up a little bit. You know, Some people just may not be interested in recent news like this or the mission reports, and they just want to hear some more of the fun stuff. But I'm happy to say that this episode, Episode 8, we've got some, some diverse content coming up. So definitely stay tuned uh, as we move through the show, and I think you're really going to appreciate it. Laura, can you tell us what's going on, speaking of MySpace, with a young boy in the United Kingdom who has a simple wish?
2: I can. His simple wish is to have a million MySpace friends. He's a huge Star Wars fan who is uh, fighting leukemia. His dad set up a MySpace page and, and began the one million uh, friend challenge to make James the most popular person on My, MySpace and raise awareness about childhood cancers. Chaz, TD8786 from Garrison Excelsior, which is in 8, New York, constructed and uh, sent over uh, a replica Stormtrooper helmet that will be part of the gifts presented to James when the UK garrison uh, makes their visit. We'll have uh, links to James's MySpace page in our show notes so you can add him as a friend. He's at 109,756 friends and counting, so... Get on MySpace and uh make James your friend.
0: Wow, that's you know, again, I'm I have to I've admitted it before. I'm not a real MySpace kind of person. I'm more of like a Facebook kind of person or just, just plain email and Skype people or whatnot. Is there any but do you guys know? I mean, as part of as as MySpace, maybe you're more MySpace uh acclimated than I am, is one million friends something that is that A, is it achievable? And B, has is anybody
2: ever tried that before? I have no idea. I don't really use MySpace. So Mickey? I can't Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, not sure.
4: I haven't GPS looked it up.
2: Uh, you know, yeah, we're just,
4: really sorry, this is basically. when we're
0: really missing Varza. You know, she, yeah. she's she's our MySpace uh, expert, and she was having some microphone issues tonight, so she couldn't join us. But Which uh, apparently, um, is all my
2: fault. So sorry, it's all my. Yeah, advice. maybe we can
0: maybe we can send her like a little uh, a little note while we're recording this, and, and chime back in on that later on. But but Nikki, you had something else you were going to add.
4: Uh, I'm just I'm a recent MySpace person, so I I couldn't answer your questions. All I was going to say.
0: Yeah, and also, um, apparently, you reported that every time you go to MySpace, it crashes your PC. So,
4: <laughs> Yeah, recently.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that, that doesn't really work for you. Fun. All right, well, let's move right, right along, then. Nikki, what can you tell us about—oh, this is a pretty good one—always 501st in charity. In this particular case, 501st honorary members in charity.
4: Yes, we have the Star Wars artist and 501st honorary member, Tommy Lee Edwards, who has teamed up with Lucasfilm to produce a limited-edition Biker Scout print. That will benefit the Ride for Kids charity. With every affordable $30 donation, fans will receive a 30-inch by 15-inch signed and numbered print featuring a gang of biker scouts. But more importantly, they will be contributing to the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation's efforts to find the cause of and cure for childhood brain tumors. There's only 300 prints available, so be sure to make your donation and secure your print today. We'll have the link to where you can make your donation in our show notes.
2: Did you guys check this out? Have you seen this I have, print? I have not yet, but I think I'm going to have to go make a donation right now before we put it in the show notes so that I can read everything <laughs> to it.
0: Well, we should, you know, that's that's, a, that's you know, that's actually a good point. When you do that though, do it, you know, in the name of the 501st cast. Well, Tommy can- Lee Edwards, he is a 501st honorary member, and he actually resides in where I am in the Carolinas. And he has been doing this Ride for Kids event, um, and last year they raised a phenomenal amount of money. He's actually he's a he's a biker, and uh, and that's why there's a tie-in. Obviously, the ride for the ride for kids is a motorcycle charity, so it's it's bikers getting together and, and kind of getting pledges like this. And so Tommy Lee, what he's done is uh, or TLE as he's as he's known affectionately, um, has gone ahead and got the okay from Lucasfilm to produce this limited edition print. They're signed and numbered and he's given them away for every $30 donation. And $30, like I said, you know, it, that's, that's not very much for this, for this sort of cool limited edition print, plus the fact that the money is going towards a fantastic charity. It's a no-brainer. Anyhow, I know the Carolina Garrison is planning to attend the local Ride for Kids event with um, Tommy Lee Edwards, so hopefully I'll be able to bring you guys a mission report on that uh, in the future. If not me, then maybe one of my local Garrison mates. But I did see on... TLE's personal charity fundraiser page that Lucasfilm's own Steve Sansweet has already started off with a generous donation. So the challenge is out there, Star Wars fans. Um, remember, this is it's for a good cause and to have a great, great collectible. So check it out. Like Nikki said, we have the link directly to the donation page in our 501st Cast show notes.
4: Yeah, $30 really isn't that much for a print like this. It would probably be like 50 if it were at like Celebration 4 or something like that.
0: Yeah. Well, think of it as an investment then. <laughs> and he's not I don't think he's limiting them either. I think it's like you can get as many as you uh you want. Yes. So if you can drop in cash, you can buy like bunch. all
2: three hundred. Yeah. So, and then, then put them on eBay,
0: you know, In 10 years from now, you know. It's, no, I shouldn't say things like that. Come on, charity. Charity. It's about charity. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of – well, here's a good tie-in. Speaking of Tommy Lee Edwards, he actually, like I said, is is based in, in the Carolinas. And there's another one of our members who's also in the Carolinas, and that would be Chris TK409. Chris actually served as the Boba Fett model on the cover of – Dark Horse Comics Star Wars Empire series, issue number 28, um, whose cover was done by illustrator Tommy Lee Edwards. So how about that? Well (laughs) – The Legion's own Chris, really a subcultural superstar in his own right, will be appearing on designer T-shirts now as part of a part of UK-based Addict Clothing's licensed Icon series. Chris was contacted for reference images of his excellent Sand Trooper costume, which was then translated into a limited shirt design by pop artist Mitchie Boy. We'll have a link in our show notes to where you can see the designs on StarWars.com and to visit the 501st UK garrison site to find out about the March 8th London shirt premiere which will feature the 501st as well as 501st honorary member Boba Fett Jeremy Bullock so pretty, pretty cool we keep uh, everywhere you look the 501st is appearing on on merchandise and it, the cool thing is that yes there's the fictional 501st which Lucasfilm has adopted into their into their Star Wars canon so you're seeing a lot of you know, 501st action figures and whatnot. But, you know, we've talked about Mike from the old Line Garrison, who's, you know, his Sand Trooper costume appeared on the Hasbro uh, action figure that's currently in, in stores right now. And uh, we've got Chris coming out on a T-shirt here. I mean, it's just really cool that it's, uh, you know, it's quite literally our members uh, appearing as merchandise or on merchandise. Not, not just the 501st name, you know, it's the actual image of our members. And I'm just waiting my turn. I don't know what the deal is. You know, I got to get more know. pictures of myself out there or something. But yeah, pretty, well, Although I did hear I was going to be appearing in a uh, in an ad in the Five Hundred First Legion's internal newsletter, Static Burst. So I'll look forward to that.
2: There you are, which you also wrote an article in. So anyway, really? that was a
0: long time ago. <laughs>
2: that was. Let's get that fault. newsletter published. Okay, Laura. Yeah. Well, well, once, once you finish
0: this podcast, you go back to the. Uh, I, to I will, actually.
2: That, that's the plan, and I have news about us being in the uh, new animated series. That's due out uh, this fall, thanks to reports uh, coming out of the London Toy Fair. We know that the 501st will be in the new uh, Clone Wars animated series. S- uh, sneak peeks of uh, new LEGO figures featuring characters from the series, including uh, Clone Commander Rex of the 501st, of the Hut, and Anakin's Padawan Ashoka. The current rumor mill uh, is that the first three to four episodes of The Clone Wars will deb- debut in theaters around the same time as Indiana Jones 4. Needless to say, the 501st will be eagerly awaiting yet another opportunity to get out there and troop, as if we need an excuse.
0: Yeah, this is pretty late breaking news. In fact, I think I just read about it this morning on probably theforce.net or something like that. Clone Commander Rex of the 501st so what's up with that I mean if you're going to include an homage in the animated series why not go all the way and how about, how about Albin you know Clone Commander Albin or maybe give him a, a Tuckerized a Star Commander Wars name you know? this
2: could be Clone Commander uh, 210 so. Clone
0: Commander 210 there you go <laughs> That's or, or just give him a funny name you know take Albin you know how they do in Star Wars they take someone's yeah. name and they, they call it Tuckerizing you know they take a name and they kind of mix it around And so Albin can be like Ben Al Sunjon. That sounds like a cool Star Wars name, right? (laughs) So here we are again, 501st, Star Wars canon, apparently in Clone Wars. So uh, we look forward to see how that's going to turn out.
2: And uh, we got a public service announcement from uh, TD9993. All right, cool. Let's roll it.
1: Hi, my name is TD9993, and I'm here to tell you about the dangers of smoking. Smoking can not only damage your body on the inside... But it can also damage your body on the outside.
4: Hey, uh, you kids want some death sticks?
0: I'll take one. I love smoking. Let me light one up right now.
1: Hey,
4: you kids, no smoking
2: in here. Trooper, can you do something about that?
1: I sure can, Mr. Cantina owner. <laughs> <gasps> so remember, smoking kills. This message brought to you by Sand Trooper TD 9993. <laughs>
3: Hi, this is Alvin Johnson, founder of the Fighting Follow First Legion, and you're listening to
1: the Follow First Cast. Uploading and linking with your visor, sir.
0: What started out as a simple request for donations for a young boy ended in a wonderful visit that will be a cherished memory for one special family. The 70th Explorers Garrison, representing Missouri and Kansas, paid a visit to St. Louis resident Avon Everett, who is a young boy fighting several brain tumors, who also happens to be a huge Star Wars fan. In fact, just before the 501st visit, he was able to go to Skywalker Ranch and meet George Lucas himself. When Avon's parents told George that the 501st Legion was going to be paying them a visit when they got back home, George was quoted as saying that they would enjoy the visit from the 501st and that they have excellent costumes. He went on to say that some of the costumes are better than the ones he used in the movies. Thank you, Uncle George, for that endorsement. Well, Avon's mother wrote the following in their online journal the day of the 501st visit. The Horton family set up a very special visit from the 70th Explorers with the 501st Legion. Imperial Guards, Stormtroopers, Darth Vader, Jango Fett, Anakin, Padme, a Tusken Raider, and a very special Jawa came from all over Missouri to brighten Avon's day. Avon received some very special gifts, including an FX Yoda lightsaber with Jedi Master Avon Everett inscribed on it. Also, he was made an official member of the 501st Legion Krait Clan detachment and was presented with a Jawa costume of his very own. This was very touching. When looking at Avon, it is very obvious how much cancer can take away from a person. But, looking at all the wonderful people who made today special shows how much cancer can give back. Chris and I feel very blessed to have met so many wonderful people willing to give of themselves. So once again, fantastic job, 70th Explorers Garrison. We really appreciate you jumping on these type of situations, getting out there, showing people that we care, and knowing the value of just a short visit, you know, spending a few minutes or a few hours in a costume uh, to brighten someone's day is fantastic. Hey, and if, if Avon's good enough for George, he's good enough for us, so... Great job,
2: troops.
4: Yeah, I want to make a special thank you to Kurt, the XO of 70th Explorers, for organizing all of the donations. He uh, put up a post on our internal message boards and put out his address so that everyone could send in gifts that he would then collect and bring to Avon. So it was great that he organized that.
0: Yes, very often, you're correct, very often visits like this are a joint effort. The troopers from all over will send in trading cards and tattoos and stickers and toys you know in this case a, a jawa costume i mean how great is that yeah it, it very often is, is a group effort very touching awesome job troops
1: there was frost on the floats at dawn but by parade time the weather was absolutely perfect to party The crew of Tuck's rolled through with irreverent humor and a unique celebrity guest. Surrounded by Imperial Stormtroopers was actor Peter Mayhew, who played Chewbacca in the Star Wars movies. Mardi Gras was a new experience for a Wookiee.
4: I think it's fabulous. Everybody's out here, and it just just makes you feel that New Orleans is the only place to hold this, because the people are so fabulous.
1: No other place in any galaxy. No, no, even in the Wookiee galaxy.
4: As we mentioned back in Episode 4, Star Garrison's Bast Alpha Squad, operating in Louisiana, participated for the second year in four different parades for Mardi Gras. Unfortunately, the Crew of Eve parade was rained out, but the Crew of Caesar parade on January 26th went off without a hitch. They had an awesome troop transport float that some of their members rode in that I just loved. The last parade that they did was this past Monday, the Crew of Zeus parade but the crown jewel of the Mardi Gras parades this year was the 40th annual crew of tucks in which Peter and Angie Mayhew Chewbacca and his wife were guests of honor sponsored by Bast Alpha squad on the Friday before the parade February 1st Peter and the squad made a special visit to the New Orleans Children's Hospital where they visited posed for photos and Peter signed free autographs on his chewy photos at the hospital visit. Peter was presented with an American flag, which was flown over the U.S. Embassy in Iraq by trooper Doug Edge, TK-8704. Doug is currently deployed in Iraq, but was on two-week leave for the Mardi Gras parades. The crew of Tux donated a full-size float and some throws so that 12 kids from the hospital could join Peter and Bast Alpha Squad in the parade. Thanks to Gary, SL-1190, for that report.
0: Very cool, well, I heard something that a little bit of trivia while at the hospital, Peter Mayhew got to visit with uh, another pop superstar, Hulk Hogan, who was also visiting the hospital while he was in town for the crew of Bacchus parade so very very cool two two very uh very big guys one one's kind of tall and one's kind of wide, i guess wide. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have a better description for Hulk Hogan. He actually is from my, from, uh, my hometown. Uh, he lives uh, in Florida, or at least he did at one point. And we used to see him around at the grocery store and everything. Very surreal. The, the nicest guy. The nicest guy. I got a picture of like my mom, my little Japanese mom standing next to him. She met him someplace. It was pretty funny.
2: Anyway. That's kind of cool. United Kingdom Garrison, which is uh, long for the UKG, received a most unique event request last month. The widow of John Peterson, a lifelong Star Wars fan and admirer of the UK garrison, asked if it would be possible for them to attend her husband's funeral service. The UK garrison was honored to be able to attend. Mr. Peterson passed at the young age of 48 and was cremated in Jedi robes. Among the flowers by the urn, there were Star Wars action figures. There was also photos of Mr. Peterson with various troopers of the UK garrison from different events that he attended. One of these photos was with Andy, TK2173, who was able to attend the funeral in person. Another member, Joe, TK1342, participated as a helper. The family requested everyone to make a donation to Make-A-Wish in the UK garrison's name in lieu of sending flowers. Over 533 pounds, which is about 1,048 US dollars, was raised for Make-A-Wish at the funeral, plus there were donations that were made online. The family, so appreciative of the appearance of the UK garrison, was able to make... And knew that it was exactly what John would have wanted for his funeral. So, wow. That's kind of neat.
0: Um, well, Lore, you know, it's, it's very shocking to say the least when you hear something like this. It's very unusual. But at the same time, um, within the 501st, I mean, I've heard several stories of what we call like an honor guard for funerals of Star Wars fans. And believe it or not, we get these requests. We get requests for, you know, for birthday parties and we get requests for weddings um, but we do also get requests for funerals, and it 's a very serious matter, but um, you know we just talked about Mardi Gras a second ago, and I was thinking about the traditions that they have in, in uh, New Orleans for funerals, you know where it kind of start, starts off slow or something, but then they kind of kick into a a, a song and dance, and they play music and it 's a celebration of someone 's life, not a, uh, not a not a really dark time it 's time to reflect on all the good things and the things that that somebody enjoyed doing and in this particular case john from the uk was obviously a big star wars fan Obviously, an admirer of the u k garrison, and I believe he was disabled so he wasn 't able to actually you know suit up in armor and participate but uh, apparently he he attended many events to just to see them and take pictures with them so it seems fitting it clearly is an honor for the five hundred first to to an attend you know a funeral like this and like i said before we've we 've done this before, and we 've had our own members who have passed away where we 've done honor guards and couple episodes back we did an interview with star wars author karen travis and she mentioned the dedication of her latest book was to christian stafford who was also a young star wars fan who passed away the florida garrison did have an honor guard at his funeral at well and if i'm not mistaken part of that is actually part of the heart of an empire film about the 501st which again we talked about recently and we're really looking forward to seeing so a little bit unusual, yes, but out of the question, no. And definitely, the Five Hundred First is proud to to support fans in this way.
4: Now, I remember reading that Chris uh, SL Eleven Sixty Three from Garrison Carita he started a program in in his garrison that it's basically people who would be willing to be called upon to be an honor guard at a funeral. So they've got a whole program set up down there.
0: You know, it's funny. We talk about these tough troops, and we always say, you know, the hardest troops are visiting these sick kids in the hospital. I would also imagine the funeral. You know, that's that's a tough troop too. But again, the families always seem very appreciative and everything. So, well, let's uh, let's move along to to another more upbeat story: the Great Lakes Garrison on January twenty sixth. The Great Lakes Garrison, operating in Michigan, trooped the Red Wings alumni hockey game to benefit the Zoe Bergen Childhood Cancer Foundation. Five Great Lakes members were joined by Steve TD465 from the Midwest Garrison and Tim TI8487 from the Canadian Garrison. The cameras did not stop flashing for most of the game as they posed for pictures with the fans. They also set up their blaster range on the concourse for kids to practice sharpening their blaster skills. Great Lakes is looking forward to future events with the Red Wings alumni. Thanks to Roger, TD866, for that report. So, once again, dispelling the stereotype that jocks and geeks cannot get along. (laughs) Speaking of which, in Garrison Excelsior, is there something very similar going on there?
4: Yes, my Garrison also did a hockey game recently. We uh, trooped the uh, Star Wars theme night that the Binghamton Senators set up. And we were uh, joined by some members of the Rebel Legion and the Fan Force chapter there. And we had uh, 18 costumers who were able to participate in the event. We had a table out on the concourse where we sold different Star Wars goodies. We have some uh, old episode three buttons, some comic books, and some posters that we sell for a buck. And, and we did that all to benefit the American Cancer Society. And plus, we of course promoted our groups while we were there. We posed for lots of photos, signed autographs. They were, they were handing us programs from the uh, hockey game and having us sign them just like we were athletes or something. We even got to go out on the ice, which was my favorite part. During intermission, they have this activity where we could toss out promo t-shirts up into the stands. So I got to go out into the ice and toss some t-shirts. That was a lot of fun. And the Fan Force chapter that was down there brought out their new jail and bail prop. So this was this big contraption that they had set up next to our table. And They would take and collect donations for the American Cancer Society, and the person could get a friend or a family member, or in some cases themselves, arrested, and we would take their seat number, and then later on we would send out either a couple troopers or a couple mandos or Vader, and right into their seats, arrest them, put handcuffs on them, and bring them back to our jail that was out on the concourse. The kids loved it. The way I think we had one boy who got arrested three times. He just loved being in our jail. But we had some adults who wanted to join in on the fun too. So by the end of the evening, we had raised over ninety-one dollars for the American Cancer Society. So it was a lot of fun.
0: Oh, fantastic! Well, Nikki, don't forget to thank yourself for that report.
4: Oh yes, <laughs> thanks to Nikki DZ eighty three ninety seven for that report.
0: But see, again, dispelling the jock geek myth once again, fantastic. Garrison Excelsior.
2: Yeah, I've been on the ice at hockey games, too, and it is really fun. And it's the only time you never get hot in your costume.
4: So. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> Didn't have to try that. Haven't, haven't tried that one yet. It's not slippery on the ice when you're out no, there in costume? After after they're, they're like done playing around or whatever it is, I don't play hockey or anything. But after they, they do their little game thing... And then you walk out on the ice. It's like walking on gravel, pretty much. So it's...
4: Yeah, because the only time we go out on the ice is right before the Zamboni comes to clear it again. So yeah, it's all wow. roughed up at that point. Okay. But we, d- we did have one Jedi who was goofing around and fighting with another Jedi and landed flat on his back. Oh. So
2: Those rebels will never learn.
0: <laughs> You'll see that video on YouTube pretty soon. <laughs> Well, Laura, what's going on with again the UKG? Suddenly, you know, uh, we didn't hear anything from them on the five hundred first cast, and now they're just like bringing down the house with uh, a lot of these mission reports. You
4: said last episode that we should be hearing more from the UKG, so I think they they heard you. They're coming through.
2: All All right. Well, Laura, what can you tell us about their Blue Harvest launch? Well, on January twenty first, to celebrate the launch of the new Family Guy uh, Star Wars DVD, Blue Harvest. uh, Several members of the UK garrison attended the official 20th Century Fox uh, DVD launch event in uh, Rec Cinema in London's uh, Soho district. Members entertained the crowd and participated in an official photo shoot for the event at the famous landmark of Piccadilly Circus, both above and, and below ground. A check for uh, £1,000, which is around uh, $2, U.S. dollars was given the UK garrison for their charity fund. Thanks to uh, Robert TK six eight seven zero and Alex TK forty one sixty six for that report. So that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, and we didn't have a single report on Blue Harvest DVD launch in the U.S. Did we? I
2: don't. All think right. So. Well, props maybe to they didn't. UKG. And yeah, maybe nobody did anything for it here in the states.
0: Well, I know there was a lot of a lot of talk about you know when the DVD came out. Especially, you know, on the message boards and everything, everybody said, "Let's, you know, we're going to run out there and get it." I'm not a huge Family Guy fan, but I did watch the Star Wars episode, which was pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Well, well, this this Piccadilly Circus event, there were some photos posted on there, and it just looked like, you know, it it just looked like a lot of fun. First of all, the photography was fantastic. I mean, I think someone's got a very expensive digital camera out there. They've also got a very good artistic eye, and it was just really cool seeing. I think it was Vader with four troopers, just sort of going, um, you know, in, in the subway or the tube. And uh, going up and down the escalators and the stairs, and you could see the the reactions on the the public 's face as they walked around you know so you 'd see Vader posing and you'd see, in the background you 'd kind of see people 's heads turning, and they just had these fantastic looks on their faces whether it was surprise or or joy or in some cases fear, I would think it was just very cool and it just you know even simple things like this, simple uh, events are just fantastic to see happening. Not all of our events are necessarily you know charity related. Or just goofing off. Sometimes they are promotional, and when they are, it is always because it's some sort of a, um, a licensed Star Wars brand or licensed uh, Star Wars event that's going on. So in this particular case, of course, this wasn't any bootleg DVD. This was the, the real deal. Congratulations, UKG, and great job, troops. Oh, wait, hold on We second. Uh, we seem to have an incoming transmission from the Dune Sea garrison. Stand by while I patch them in.
1: the Dune Sea. On January 25th, members of the Dune Sea garrison invaded the 2008 Phoenix Cactus Comic Con. Along with bringing their impressive handmade Death Star Wall backdrop, these plucky desert dwellers also held several events throughout the convention for all to enjoy. First on the list was everyone's favorite Wookiee, Peter Mayhew, who was brought to the event thanks to generous donations by members of the Dune Sea garrison. Inside the convention hall, attendees were invited to make a donation of $5 to get a photo of themselves with members of the 501st in front of the Death Star wall, with all proceeds going to the Phoenix Children's Hospital. $300 was raised thanks to the hard work of ZL 6740 and Jennifer ID8535. Good work, troopers. The troopers of tomorrow entered the garrison's Stormtrooper training camp, where they were taught the ins and outs of being a trooper before being run ragged in a combination obstacle course and shooting range using Nerf blasters and wearing real 501st Stormtrooper helmets. In the three short hours that the camp went on, over 75 children signed themselves up for the Empire. Glory to the Empire indeed. The nightlife was the right life, as the gorgeous girls of the Imperial Service Organization showed their glitz and gans and entertained the troopers and assembled VIPs in a show like no other, showing that they weren't just pretty faces and singing such soon-to-be classics as Mr. Sandman and Do Like Mandalorians Do, a personal serenade to Boba Fett himself, Jeremy Bullock. Along with Jeremy, other notables in the audience were Peter Mayhew, that rascally Ewok Felix Silla, and artist Tom Hodges of How to Draw Star Wars fame. Troopers TK-2035 and TD-0013 played host to the bevy of beauties who raised $100 for the Kids Need to Read charity. And they even did a bit of joking around with the guests as well. The event was immortalized by Tom Hodges with an exclusive print of the gorgeous 501st ISO Girl, limited to 30 copies for the event. The convention's annual masquerade and cosplay contest was a smash hit, hosted by none other than the world-famous podcasting superstar, TD-0013. TD kept the contestants in line, and the show moving along with his unique brand of charm and humor. While the Dune Sea might be the place farthest from the bright center of the universe, everyone agreed that the Fighting 501st contributions to the Phoenix Comic Con helped make it the place closest to fun. This mission report has been brought to you by your friends at Kuat Driveyard. Remember kids, save those Ewok pills for your free ATSC walker model.
3: When you need
1: a walker, ship or ship, call on Kuat, they're a We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming here at the 501st cast. Take it away, Dino!
0: Recently, the 501st cast had a chance to sit down, virtually, with uh, Star Wars artist and 501st honorary member Matt Bush. Now, uh, Matt Bush has been an honorary member of the Legion for quite some time, and he's been very involved with the Legion, And he has some fantastic news to share, some insider tips, and also, we might be seeing Matt Bush in armor pretty soon, so check out our interview right here.
3: Hi, this is Alvin Johnson, founder of the Fighting 501st Legion, and you're listening to the 501st Cast.
0: We are very proud to be joined by 501st Honorary Member and Star Wars Artist, Matt Bush. How are you doing today, Matt?
3: I am doing wonderful. How are you doing, Dean?
0: Very good. Thank you so much for taking the the time to uh, to sit down here with us, uh, as it were, and to answer some of the questions for the fans, whether they're 501st members or just Star Wars fans in general. Hopefully we can dig into some of the secrets behind your artist's life and, and give people something to chew on. But let me go ahead and start. For those who, who may not know who you are, just give us a little bit of background, um, who you are, what you're really known for, maybe... Uh, where the fans may have heard your name before.
3: All right, well, uh, let's see. I guess uh, since this is a Star Wars related show, Star Wars is probably the big thing that most people know me for. I've been uh, I've been involved with official Star Wars products for almost fifteen years now, Woo-hoo! and I'd say I know it's it's uh, it's amazing. Uh, it's been a, a, an incredible ride. And probably the biggest thing that people know me for now is um, the book, You Can Draw Star Wars, that came out last year was a really big success. And the, uh, the tie-in videos that I did seem to be a pretty big hit online uh, in the last year as well. So I think that's kind of the big thing that uh, that people associate with me, at least these days.
0: Very cool, very cool. And we will probably, uh, in our 501st cast show notes, we'll have links to uh, to those videos so people can check them out if they haven't already. And I've seen cool. – well, since you brought it up, I've, I've seen the first batch of those, and they're fantastic. And I think – well, we had the uh, the five oh first appear in a couple of those?
3: Yeah, in the uh, – uh, let's see. That would be Episode 5. Uh, wash painting, the uh, Golden Gate Garrison uh, helped me out on that episode, and there's a really funny scene where they, uh, b- basically in the whole episode, I'm kind of making fun of uh, Stormtroopers and how weak their armor is and that whole thing, and then they, uh, they beat the crap out of me in the end of the episode, which is funny. But I actually, uh, for the new series of episodes, I actually filmed four brand new episodes with the Great Lakes Garrison uh, here in Michigan. And uh, I had a great time with them, and you'll see a lot more. I mean, it was just kind of a quick thing at the end of the episode with the one in the first season, but you're going to see a lot more of the uh, of the 501st in the uh, upcoming episodes.
0: All right, well, let's go ahead and just get into that then. What okay. uh, what inspired you to, to get the 501st involved? I mean, where was the first time you heard about uh, Vader's Fist?
3: Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, I've been working with the 501st uh, to some capacity for uh, – Ever since I can remember, I think it probably started in uh, Chicago. Man, this is years back. Uh, I can't even remember what year. This may have even been, I'm I'm assuming the 501st existed like 10 years ago?
0: 1997 was when it officially formed, correct?
3: Okay, yeah. It would have been about uh, maybe 8, 9, maybe even 10 years ago. You know, just being at a convention and seeing these uh, incredible uh, stormtrooper costumes and, you know, various costumes from the Empire and just knowing that I could really use some uh some unique reference that isn't the same, you know, few pictures of uh stormtroopers and sand troopers that you had seen before, you know. So uh and of course they were willing to uh model for me and do all the great poses and uh yeah it was way back in Chicago uh probably uh eight or nine years ago and it's really where it started for sure.
0: Okay. Well, I know. I think you became an honorary member of the Legion in yeah, April 22nd, 2006, and uh, yep. of course uh, inducted by the Michigan Squad by uh, Jay Shimko, one of our one of our members up in that area, who actually was very instrumental in organizing this interview. So thanks, Jay. I yeah. appreciate that. So that's a long, yeah, that's a long time. There is that's a, a huge history with the five hundred first, and we appreciate the fact that that you're so involved. You know, sometimes we, you know, a lot of people they wonder, okay, well, what is this honorary membership thing that the Legion does? And you know, they see names like George Lucas up there or Mark Hamill and yeah. Carrie Fisher. There's no and they, doubt
3: and, and Weird Al Yankovic. I mean, yeah,
0: <laughs> all <laughs> kinds. We we accept all yep. kinds, sure. and uh, people got to wonder, you know, what exactly does that mean? Because in some cases, it is quite literally it's us presenting a a, a plaque to somebody, shaking their hand, taking a picture, and then we don't really hear from them that much. Not that they don't want to be involved with the Legion, but of course, I mean, how often is is George Lucas going to, you know, take time out of his schedule to come, you know, hang out with us? You know, we do see him occasionally at events, but it's very rare when he appears. Same thing with Carrie Fisher. You know, they've they've got, you know, some serious Hollywood careers still going on. But on another level, we've got um, a lot of other celebrities who – just feel that sort of kinship with the the Five O First. A number of of Star Wars licensed artists like yourself, who go beyond just that honorary membership and actually feel like they can they can work with the Five O First, and we can actually you know we can help promote books that you're that you're coming out with, or in this case you know some video series as well. Also, it's it sort of goes both ways. I mean, we just appreciate the fact that you're calling attention to what we do. So exactly, you know, what's in the future for Matt Bush, you know, anything special that you have planned as far as getting really involved with the 501st?
1: Um,
3: well, I'm actually getting my uh, my own set of TK armor. And I'm you gonna don't have it say. In, yes, in about a month. I'm really, really excited about it. And uh, uh, all the folks from the Great Lakes garrison have been uh, working hard to help me out with it. And uh, by the end of March, I should have uh, the entire suit together
0: fantastic now um So, this is something that, so I'm I'm imagining that we'll soon see your uh, application come through then on 501st.com. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely, for sure. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I, you know, all you have to do really is uh, participate in costume once per year, and I think that keeps your membership active. But, oh, okay. yeah, we'd love to see you on the uh, the message boards as well. And, uh, you know, and, and I love the fact that what you're doing as far as, you know, uh, getting together with, with the 501st members and, um, using us for image reference, because, you know, you're absolutely right. I think when, you know, with the the prequel episodes, Lucasfilm, they were more cognizant of archiving and documenting, whereas back in, you know, if they were filming in 76 or something like that, you know, we've read in all the books, they thought this movie was not really going to be a hit at all. Um, right. There was a lot, you know, they thought it was just, you know, everybody expected it to fail miserably. But here we are, you know, thirty something years later. And you do find a, a lack of reference photos for a lot of the original trilogy stuff. You know, so the photos that we see a lot of times on comic book covers or on packages of toys, it's those same images or the same poses over and over again. So I right. love the fact that, you know, what you you're doing is you're trying to find a way to present that classic material but in a way Literally, that no one has seen before, and the fact that uh, the Five Hundred First has got these costumes, and we strive for that screen accuracy, it's like we were made for each other. <laughs> we, you know, we love to be, you know, on the covers of books and on posters and in illustrations, and so, you know, it's just a match made uh, made uh, in the galactic world there for us. Sure.
3: Well, one of the things I think Lucasfilm has really uh, done well that maybe some other uh, companies that have uh, popular uh, properties and that sort of thing. The one thing that Lucasfilm has always been really good about is understanding that when the fans are involved with something like the 501st or uh, even some of the fan films that are made, you know, Lucasfilm has they've had so many opportunities to uh, to squash people's fun or people's dreams and to call out copyright trademark things and just to, uh, you know, to kind of stomp on everyone's cloud and, uh, and be official about everything. But one thing that Lucasfilm has realized is that, you know, the fans aren't looking to make money off Star Wars, and the fans are what, uh, you know, from the beginning have always kept, Star Wars Alive. I mean, that's what Star Wars is. Star Wars is the fans, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and so I think it's just, uh, um, you know, some other companies out there like Disney or even uh, uh, like DC Comics doesn't authorize uh, any uh, uh, viewings of fan films at comic book conventions and stuff like that. You know, it's just it's just ridiculous, you know, because they're really just kind of hurting their fan base and... Uh, uh, they're not making it fun, and they're just getting people frustrated and uh and you know making people put their excitement and uh money spent uh, on other properties you know
0: you're absolutely right, and that is the one key thing that the five hundred first does as far as our relationship with Lucasfilm is that we uh absolutely we are not in it for profit. And, and we don't we don't sell the armor we don't sell the props so people have to find their own ways to get <laughs> to get those things and obviously you've found a way so it is possible but um, when we go out there we obviously there's a big charity aspect to it oh, as well yeah. which that doesn't hurt but we do we respect the intellectual property and we don't do things in armor or promote events in armor that would adversely affect the the Star Wars brand for Lucasfilm. You're not mm-hmm. going to see the 501st out there promoting uh, an adult bookstore or something like that. Sure. sure. Um, that would be interesting, but no, we're, we're not going to do it. <laughs> uh, or if we do do it, then we are not affiliated with the 501st at the time. It's just a couple of guys in costume. But sure, um, sure. yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, absolutely. It's a, it's a perfect uh, observation and why we should love Star Wars so much. But, what is it that exactly about Star Wars? Is there something about Star Wars that that's fueled your your passion for it? I mean, like we said it's been 30 years. Um is yeah. there something in particular about Star Wars you like? Is it the mythos? Is it the the costumes? Is it the you know, the special effects? Is there something special that draws you to it over and over again?
3: God, I don't know if there's any one thing that I could that I could list. I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to the story and a lot of the uh, the concepts behind Star Wars that George Lucas had is that, you know, with all the special effects and how cool everything looks, if the story isn't good, then people are just, you know, it'll look interesting for about 20 seconds and then people are going to be bored, you know. So I think uh, I think the stories are just fantastic. Uh, the characters are great. Um, but I think the the look of it, being an artist, and I think most artists my age will, uh, whether they're Star Wars artists or not, uh, so many artists that are adults now uh, grew up with Star Wars and the whole visual, uh, the whole visual universe that was created with that. I just, uh, I don't know, I just grew up really loving R2D2 and uh, stormtrooper costumes and. Before I was even working on official Star Wars products, I got a Darth Vader tattoo. I mean, Star Wars has always been my life. And even if I wasn't getting paid to do this, I would be doing this for fun. I'd be uh, trying to make my suit of armor. I'd be a part of the 501st either already or I'd be uh, I'd be doing it now. I'd be uh, illustrating my own Star Wars comic books for fun, uh, just like I used to. It's just always something that I've loved, whether I get paid for it or not. I've uh, I'm a fan for life, you know.
0: Very cool, very cool. And I'm sure that that shows, you know, through your artwork. I mean, it's just you can tell there's a, there's a lot of passion behind it, and each illustration that you do is it's it's just so unique and it's different than a lot of, like we talked about that that cookie cutter. We've seen that pose before, and you just put it on a different background. You know, you you seem to go that extra step to create something original, which is really great. Oh, thank you. Well, um, I know that recently. Uh, your website, mattbush.com, sort of had a facelift. Yes, What can absolutely. you tell us about that and uh, what are fans going to see when they go to mattbush.com now?
3: All right. Well, uh, it's I've had uh, mattbush.com has been around for about eight years now, I think. And uh, it's always been uh, – I think it was uh, awarded a five-star website, I think, just because of the material and how uh, well-rounded it's always been. And, uh, basically anything you would want to know about me or the different, uh, creative pursuits that I have, um, you could probably find what I had for lunch, uh, last week, Tuesday, if you really wanted to know. I mean, there's almost too much stuff on there, but uh, it's got some neat things. Like it's got a studio tour of, uh, my home studios, all the different facilities I've got going on here. It's got step-by-step, uh, procedures that show how I make my artwork there's obviously online galleries of sketches and paintings. There's a whole Star Wars section. There's an audio section, a video section. There's just uh, everything, anything that you could imagine and more. And it's got fun stuff like puzzles that you can play uh, where you can put my artwork together. And I don't—I mean, I could go on, you know. It's got, uh, it's got a lot of neat stuff for sure.
0: Well, one of the things that when you recently relaunched it, you had was a scavenger hunt contest, I think. And that was for some really cool Star Wars prizes. One prize in particular, the grand prize, was the original painting, if I'm not mistaken, for the 501st Party Bus illustration, which you did, uh, I guess, originally as part of a StarWars.com official T-shirt promotion. And uh, what can you tell us about that painting? uh, How it got – what what was the inspiration
3: behind it? Well, basically, I I wanted to do something for the 501st, and one of the things – That I always thought was really cool growing up. One of my favorite toys was the Imperial Troop Transporter, which was um, one of the first Star Wars toys that was uh, a product that wasn't in the movie, but uh, it was definitely a cool Star Wars toy. And it was, uh, um, you know, I think it was neat that uh, back in the day Kenner was doing stuff like that because it really expanded uh, kids' imaginations beyond what was in the movie. Because before that, uh, you know, when I first started playing with Star Wars figures, basically the same story would keep happening. You know, the characters would go to the cantina and then they'd go to the Death Star and blow up the Death Star. And you didn't, you know, as a young kid, it's hard to understand that Star Wars is this whole universe. So then when these other toys came out, and especially when The Empire Strikes Back came out and you saw all these different planets and locations, I think I was just at the at the the perfect age where it just blew my mind and uh just really helped my imagination and uh suddenly i started imagining my own star wars stories and started imagining even more locations than even existed in there but anyway back to the uh the imperial troop transporter uh i just you know i really wanted to do a painting of that and make it look uh kind of bring it to life with uh with my own style of art and i submitted it for uh Uh, a t-shirt design and unfortunately it didn't win although the one that did win uh, was very very cool all of them were cool actually so I had the art laying around and I just thought man uh, you know since it's not going to be a shirt there's got to be something cool I can do with this and so I uh, had it be the grand prize of of a scavenger hunt contest where uh, you had to answer questions by uh, surfing through my site to find all the answers
0: and how did that contest go?
3: Uh, it went great, actually, uh, originally, uh, because I've got a, a plethora of, of prizes here, just things like books and sketchbooks and uh, how to draw Star Wars DVDs and all that stuff. Um, I had one grand prize winner, five runner-ups, I'm sorry, five second-place winners, and originally I was going to have 75 runner-ups, and I basically told uh, my web designer, Paul Michael Kane, who kind of helped uh, run the contest, uh, I said to him, you know, if if it goes up to 75, you know, let's take about 150 winners and let's not go past that, or I'll run out of prizes. Thinking maybe at the end of February, there's a chance maybe I'll get 150 people that uh, that won, and in less than three days, uh, it, there were 150 winners. So, uh, wow. Um, unfortunately, the contest now is closed, but uh, but uh, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun and neat that uh, that that there are people out there that, uh, care enough and that are interested enough to, you know, surf through the site and try to find out more about me and to, uh, that are excited to win, uh, these prizes is just, uh, uh, it's great. I'm tickled.
0: Well, you gotta, you gotta make the the, uh, questions a little harder next time. I think
3: I guess so. I thought, <laughs> I, I mean, I threw a couple easy ones in there, but I thought for sure some of these would be, uh, would be really hard, but, uh, I guess not.
0: Now, are you uh, at liberty to, to tell us who got the 501st painting?
3: You know what? Uh, I am, and uh, but I have that. info I'd have to run downstairs. I have. Uh, I actually have already started putting the packages together.
0: Okay. Um, Just curious, in case the uh, you know the five hundred first members who are listening to this say, "Oh my, uh, we got we had to have that for our archives," you know, and they might want to <laughs> they might want to pitch in and try to buy it from this guy or girl. But, um, sure. Well, that's great. Well, you know, going back to your website, um, I mean, I've browsed through it, and there's a ton of stuff that's non Star Wars on there. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there anything any of your uh, your projects that you'd like to talk about that are not necessarily Star Wars related but that um, people might still be interested in hearing about
3: uh, Well basically we've got the website going now so that it's going to be a lot easier for me to update with uh, with my web designer so every time there's news I mean at the at the snap of a finger I can get some new uh, some new headline news up there, so it's it's just going to be updated a lot more often. I think it's, um, you know, I think over the last ten years, uh, the previous version was made uh, eight years ago, and it, it worked really really well. But I think in the last eight years, with the advent of uh, things like MySpace and message boards, I think websites have really kind of. Come down to more of a science and more of a user-friendly kind of style mm-hmm. that, uh, that people are, are just really able to work with. So we just uh, put a really neat design together that I think uh, is uh, it's just going to be more uh, exciting. It's easier to navigate. And uh, um, there's just a lot of cool stuff on there. There's a lot of different stuff I'm working on now. Today I was working on some new Indiana Jones stuff that I, I can't uh, mention yet. Um, uh, but something in so an official capacity. Oh yeah! Oh well, yeah!
0: Fantastic. Look forward to seeing some of that. Yeah, we're uh, you know that's the other uh, that's that's the other funny crossover. It seems like everybody who's a Star Wars fan is an Indiana Jones fan. So oh, for uh, sure, they
3: definitely go hand in hand. You well, know.
0: I think a lot, a lot of that has to do with with one person, and that's Harrison Ford being Han Solo, and also Indiana Jones, and the movies coming out off uh, off cycle from each other. You know, when there was no Star Wars movie, there was a new indie movie, and, right, and vice right. versa. So uh, that's very cool well glad to hear that you got involved with that we really look forward to that let me ask well you already said that you've got a TK costume that's in the works yes um, for sure so uh, I don't know uh, you have any um, any fears or any questions that we can answer for you as far as what's it like you know once you get dressed up or are you just gonna just gonna go for it suit up and, well, and hit the you know convention what?
3: I'm I'm just going to go for it. I, I learned a lot when, uh, when I was filming uh, a bunch of episodes for the new season of You Can Draw Star Wars. I had, uh, like I said, I had uh, about two dozen folks from the, uh, from the Great Lakes garrison uh, shooting in the woods near my house. And we actually filmed, it's kind of an Indiana Jones spoof where I'm uh, searching for treasures that are really like Star Wars relics. And I get chased by stormtroopers and I confront Darth Vader and uh it's hysterical because it's me, so I'm kinda like a heavier set, uh Indiana Jones, but uh it's a really neat crossover and it, it kinda sounds like a a stretch now, but when you see it, it's very, very Star Wars themed and we really play on some of the similarities between uh between Star Wars and Indiana Jones. But anyway, I learned a lot. Uh we spent several weekends. Uh, shooting this stuff I guess there was a lot of stuff that I didn't know like uh, the armor can get really cold really quick because the uh, plastic you know basically is almost against your skin and uh, man these guys really were troops no pun intended because it was really cold uh, a couple of times that we were filming and uh, so things like that I I just for sure I for some reason I thought that it would always be really warm to wear the uh, stormtrooper uh, armor not always the case
0: well, that's true. Typically, we have like an Under Armour suit, uh, which is like a bodysuit, and a lot of those are, are designed to actually wick away the moisture and to keep you cool because in, in warmer climates, for sure, uh, for example, there's the parade that we do at Walt Disney World in Florida mm-hmm. for Star Wars weekends, and uh, of course, being in Florida, it's, it's very hot, and there's the danger of overheating, but if you were filming in the past month or two, obviously, up north, you said you're, in, uh, you're located in Michigan? Yes. Yes. So yeah, we're talking about the opposite kind of weather there, and yeah, it can get it can get hot in stormtrooper armor, and it can get cold in stormtrooper armor. There seems to be no no real middle ground there. Yeah. Um, well, very cool. We are very excited about, about seeing you actually show up as a as a uh, actual bona fide member, and we love the fact that um, that we're able to work together and uh, keep producing some you know fantastic artwork you know, for Star Wars fans in general. The 501st Legion, obviously, we love our fans. We love to, to just get involved and support anything that we can. And, and perhaps there's some sort of a uh, a great charity project or something that we can work on together in the future.
3: There actually is one in the works, and uh, I can't say exactly what it's going to be, but it's going to be at the, uh, uh, the Motor City Comic Convention coming up in... Uh, May and it's going to uh, benefit the national the National Society for Lymphoma. Um, so I'm real excited about that, and uh, I can't say exactly what it's going to be or how I'm going to be involved. Really looking forward to it. That's going to be uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, that's
0: fantastic! All right, so you. You were cut out for the Legion. See, you're you're way ahead of me here. That's awesome. oh yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, um, I know you've done. You've got uh, a ton of stuff listed on your website. The Worlds of Matt Bush book. Obviously yeah. the, uh You can draw a Star Wars book. The videos. Obviously, you did the uh, the Revenge of the Sith style D one sheet poster, which was fantastic. Yes. Um, the new mattbush.com. You've got. I guess you've got a behind the scenes DVD coming out as well.
3: Yeah. Uh, this summer, basically last year I had uh camera crews follow me to all the different shows that I did, including both of the star Wars celebrations, uh, and that sort of thing. And basically it's going to collect my travels, my adventures, both at work and play both at home and uh, traveling around the world. It's being constructed into a feature length documentary. So, so far it's coming out really interesting. It's, uh, it's not going to just be a fluff piece. It's, it's going to show the good, the bad, and the ugly, the ups, the downs, and uh, it should be really, you know, really entertaining. It'll be neat for uh, aspiring artists that are interested in seeing how I work, but I think uh, just pop culture fans in general will get a kick out of it, and, uh, and even folks that aren't into it, uh, it, hopefully it'll be entertaining enough that, uh, that everyone will enjoy it to, uh, to one degree or another.
0: Very cool, very cool. was there anything else that you wanted to uh, touch base on as far as uh, your projects or uh,
3: let's see uh, the worlds of Matt Bush uh, has a lot of Star Wars material in it uh, that's a book that comes out in March. Um, obviously the you can draw Star Wars book uh, continues to do well. It was uh, voted one of the top uh, ten cool things uh, cool books of 2007. Uh, the new season of uh, How to Draw Star Wars videos is coming out soon, and the second episode is the uh, the Elvis Trooper episode, oh, which uh, which I'm sure everyone in the five hundred first will get a kick out of. Uh, cool. Well, that and, and Elvis fans, of course. Oh, Kenny's uh, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. You mentioned the Revenge of the Sith style D one sheet. Yes. Uh, the The current issue of Art Scene International magazine has a cool 12-page article on how I illustrated that poster, and it's really, really in-depth. It's got everything from how I worked with Lucasfilm to do the original sketches. It actually has a sidebar written by uh, Pete Vilmer from uh, Lucasfilm and another sidebar written by Paul Michael Caine, who did all of the uh, typography for the poster, um so that's really cool that's out on stands now and i think that's it anything uh, i've forgotten obviously mattbush.com is the place to uh to see what's up
0: very cool well, well matt uh you are truly a talent and we are really looking forward to having you as a as a uh fully functional armored member of the legion i can't wait to hear about your first mission report you're going to come back with bruises and pinches in places that you didn't know you had. But that's <laughs> oh, all part of uh, this, this labor of love that we do in costume. But thanks sure. again for, uh, for taking the time to sit in with the 501st cast. And uh, we hope you can come back again and uh, join us for an interview again in the future.
3: Awesome. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. All right. Take care. See you, Dean. Well,
0: although the relaunch contest at mattbush.com has closed, it's still fun to dig through his new site, and I discovered some very interesting facts, such as Matt's distant relation to the Bush family. Uh, not George Bush, as in the Anheuser Bush family. Although he says that beer is not his favorite beverage, well, he's also got a great passion for collecting vintage arcade games, and he's shares sharing some awesome photos of his of his home and current construction projects. You know, MattBush dot com is not just about his art; it's really all about Matt. In fact, there's so much content on Matt's site that we're going to force you to dig through it all to find the answer to this episode's. Contest. We want you to tell us what room in Matt's house is home to his honorary member plaque, his 501st honorary member plaque. Nice acrylic laser etched custom plaque just for Matt. Give us the correct answer posted to our episode 8 comments section at 501st.com slash podcast and you will win some official 501st Mardi Gras beads. Now these are the very same ones given away. ...by the Bast Alpha Squad as they marched alongside Peter Mayhew at this year's Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Highly collectible, to say the least. So, there's the uh, contest for this episode, and remember, if you've previously won, you are not eligible. Let's check out some upcoming
2: events from the 501st Legion.
1: Updating location to Objective Tracker.
2: Well, we got uh, the Where Science Meets Imagination exhibit. Over 85 troopers and squires from seven different garrisons covering converging on the Franklin Institute this weekend for the grand opening of uh, Where the Science Meets Imagination exhibit. So that that should be very neat. And Unfortunately, it's never been anywhere near me, so I'm never going to see it. But I think Nikki said she's going down.
4: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm leaving in a couple days and you to spend four days down there trooping every day. should be a lot of fun.
0: Now, are you going to do the, the roving Jawa reporter bit for us?
4: I don't know. I don't know how to record on site. Just I'm going to have to talk to your
0: husband about this. <laughs> <laughs> Darren's got to hook you up with something. Don't you have like an iPod or some sort of a uh, you – know, you know, worst case scenario, does your phone most, – most phones actually you can record like video or make audio notes.
2: Yeah, they have you like can, a memo uh,
0: feature. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can actually do actually, that and, and Bluetooth that back to the yeah. computer. So even if you do a little video, we can just use the audio for it. So anyway, that's your mission, Nikki. I, I will try. Don't come back without it. I should have plenty we'll, of time. We'll i there there. Four toy. days. <laughs> 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 okay. Nikki, what else can you tell us about uh, our 501st quick calendar of events here? What's coming up in the next couple of weeks that fans can uh, check out the 501st, take some pictures with us, and uh, get to know us a little better?
4: Oh, we have a whole bunch of things. Well, this Friday, February 8th, the Southern California Garrison will be attending an annual Blue and Gold fundraiser that'll be in Fullerton, California. And the uh, New England Garrison will be appearing at the Bob Show Star Wars Extravaganza in Lowell, Massachusetts. On February 9th, the Great Lakes Garrison will be at the Richmond Winter and Ice Festival in Richmond. And on February 10th, the Golden Gate Garrison, which covers Northern California, will be will be attending the 11th Annual Vietnamese Spring Festival and Parade in San Jose, California. And Terra Australis will be spending that day participating in a recruitment drive. On February 12th, the Southern California Garrison will be participating in a YMCA charity event in San Diego. The Singapore Garrison will be at Chingay 2008 at City Hall in Singapore on February 15th and 16th while the Midwest Garrison will be in Peoria, Illinois, participating in symphony orchestra concerts featuring Star Wars pieces those two days. And the Dutch Outpost will be spending the weekend at the Star Wars exhibition in Brussels that we mentioned in a previous podcast. On Saturday, February 16th, the Midwest Garrison will be at an Out of This World Sci-Fi Costume exhibit in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, as well as at the Star Awards in Chicago, Illinois. The Spanish Garrison will be attending a Star Wars toy exhibition in Madrid, Spain. The Carolina Garrison at the First Lego League South Carolina State Competition. And my Garrison, Garrison Excelsior, will be attending WBEE's Kids Fest in Rochester, New York. The German Garrison will be attending Collector's Fair in Bochum on Sunday, February 17th. And Midwest Garrison will be spending a long weekend, February 14th through 17th, at Capricorn, 28 in Arlington Heights, Illinois, while Old Line Garrison in Maryland and Northeast Remnant Garrison from New Jersey and New York City will be spending the weekend at Far Point in Hunt Valley, Maryland. And on February 20th, Central Garrison will be attending a Traveler's Employees Club event in St. Paul, Minnesota. Now, please note that all of these upcoming events are subject to change without notice, so make sure to contact your local 501st garrison, which you can find by going to 501st.com, before attending any of these events to make sure that we'll still be there.
0: And thank you very much to Andrew of the New England Garrison for compiling all of these events for us for the 501st cast. Well, let's move right along to some fan feedback and fan mail.
1: I am picking up a new contact. I am signaling our people now. Copy that.
2: We got some mail from uh, Josh. Josh says, Hey, I recently turned 18, so I happen uh, to have a complete Stormtrooper outfit. I'm interested in joining the 501st Legion. My question is, I live... uh, in one state where I'm four miles away from the border of another, is it possible for me to sign up to the garrison in the other state since it would be closer for me to most most likely go to events, or do I have to be assigned to one in my own state?
0: Great question, Josh. Your unit affiliation or home garrison is based upon your geographic residence. However, there is a provision in the Legion Charter that allows you to be affiliated with a different nearby garrison if both commanding officers of both garrisons agree to this situation. Remember that we are all part of one big legion, and members are not restricted to trooping within their own territorial boundaries. But we're putting the cart before the horse here. Let's get you signed up first. Apply for membership with the unit where you actually live, then contact both commanding officers to see if they will accommodate your request. Nikki, you want to take the next one?
4: Yeah. Our next uh, letter is from Jake. He wrote, How come people under 18 can't join the 501st? I'm 12, and I love Star Wars.
0: (laughs) Well, hi, Jake. Uh, Well, first of all, our minimum age is not the only requirement for membership. But assuming that you are 12 years old and you have a complete, accurate, expensive, and wearable costume replicating one of the canon Star Wars villains from our list of eligible costumes, we do also have the minimum age requirement, which you mentioned. There actually was a time when minors were accepted in the 501st, but being invited to troop at venues which do not permit minors and having some threats from litigious but well-meaning parents led to a decision to set the minimum age at 18 years. However, it is worth noting that once we do get a lot of emails of this type asking about some sort of 501st group for minors. Our Legion founder, Alvin Johnson, recently began work on an option for very young kids. Nothing official has been put into place, but you can rest assured that we'll report it on 501st.com and here on the 501st cast should our blast doors open up to minors. Laura, you want to take the next one?
2: Sure, I will. I got, we got another one from Tom. Gentlemen, I would like to say thank you for all your fine and charitable work that you dedicate yourselves to and uh, the way you have uh, brought so much joy to to all who have seen you in person or on the Internet. I've become so intrigued with your organization. I'm seriously considering getting a f- fully outfitted and asking for membership. Once again, thank you for all you have done and to co- contribute to each and every day.
0: And, folks, we don't make these ups. We, re- we really do get some nice letters from people. Well, hi, Tom. While our group started 10 years ago with a simple passion for Star Wars costuming, we do make charity events a big part of our regular appearances. Information to help you get started on your own professional-grade Star Wars villain costume can be found through our various 501st Detachment message boards, each of which concentrates on specific costumes and characters. All of these detachments are linked from 501st.com dot com under the Costuming Resources page. Thanks for writing, Tom, and we do hope to have you trooping with us soon. What do you have next for us, Nikki?
4: Well, Dan wrote, "I'm looking for a good used complete stormtrooper suit, size large or prefer extra large."
0: Ah, uh, if we only had a 501st Super Center where you could walk in and pick your suit of armor off the rack in just the right size and the right color. Unfortunately, most trooper armor comes only in one size, although some modified pieces can be found from time to time through various websites. The traditional 501st way of building a costume requires hours of trimming, shimming, and altering the individual kit pieces to custom fit the wearer. This is something of a rite of passage, and some people say you'll have a lot more pride in your completed costume by doing it yourself. There are plenty of armor how-to sites out there. Used armor is not uncommon, but you never know when or where they will be available. Your best bet is to do your research and join discussion forums like the 501st First Imperial Stormtrooper Detachment at whitearmor.net. You'll be surprised how much information is out there if you look in the right place and discreetly ask the right questions. Thanks for writing and hope to have you trooping with us soon. And now it's time for the miscellaneous and wrap-up. Lord, you have some anniversary wishes for us.
2: I do. We have the old line garrison. They're turning uh, four this year, and they, uh, they're conquering Maryland. And the Florida, Florida Garrison-Makasi squad is at their third anniversary.
0: We already mentioned the, the giveaway and contest for this episode, and once again, that was the Matt Bush question. Press rewind on your on your, your iPod or whatnot if you want to go back and listen to it. But uh, we do want to say congratulations to last episode's winner, which was Nicholas TK nine 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 from the Fan Wars Garrison in Belgium, for correctly identifying the scene that the French audio clip came from. It was the oil bath scene where C three PO first introduced himself and R two D two to Luke Skywalker in the Lars Homestead garage. So uh, we're actually still waiting for your mailing information there, Nicholas, but enjoy your prize pack once you get us that information. And don't forget, everybody, previous winners are not eligible.
4: We just want to remind everyone that you can go see the show notes for this episode and all of our past episodes at www50 slash podcast. And, of course, join us as a MySpace friend at myspace.com slash 501
0: that's right, and that's the only way to win free prizes from our mini Stump-A-Trooper. So check it out, and thank you all very much for joining us on this eighth episode, full-length episode of the 501st cast. We will see you next time. Move along.
1: The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Thanks for listening to this installment of 501st Cast Classics. We hope you
0: enjoyed reliving news from the 501st Cast's early years. We plan to re-release a classic episode each month, so stay tuned.